0: I'm gonna appreciate to you today. I, my sermon's not long, thank God, because I'm just like I'm. I'm preparing less and less and less, and letting the Holy Spirit do more and more and more. You know what I mean? I might as well just do that and trust God for it. So, um, anyway, if you have your handouts, they're right here. We're gonna we're gonna try to get through these fill ins and and I want to talk to you on this subject that honestly I've been having to walk through the last couple of weeks. Uh, the enemy has been using different methods, if you will, to try to steal my joy? I know, I know right? And, and for a little while, I, I was letting him succeed in that endeavor, and I will tell you, um, when the Lord put this sermon in my heart, I thought, Lord, I don't have a really, a place to come from right now, I'm, 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 I'm working that out in myself, and I'm the pastor, right? And you're looking at me like, you've lost your joy? Yeah, for a minute, come on, somebody. It happens. I walk through stuff. I I, I walk through challenges of, of feeling hopeless sometimes. I, I walk through times when I don't feel a, a lot of peace in my life. I, I walk through times when the when the joy isn't as full as it always is. But this time, usually there's always an element of joy. I always have a joke or something going on. This time, I was like searching deep. And I even told my wife, I said, I said, I've never been a person who's struggled with depression, but if I had to label what I feel right now, I feel depressed. And I don't like that. That is not from God. And so I began to wrestle with the Lord and and wrestle with my flesh and wrestle with the enemy, amen? And and I feel like I'm on the other side of this now, so I have a place to, to minister to you in this regard. And so I call this sermon The Joy of Holiness, Rediscovering Your Heart Song. And I'll talk about what that means and what I'm referencing in just a minute. But there's a story. Anybody familiar with Max Lucado? Great Christian writer. I love his books. Uh, he wrote a, a book in The Eye of the Storm. And this story is about a parakeet named Chippy. Chippy. Chippy the parakeet. The problems began when Chippy's owner decided to clean his cage with a vacuum cleaner. She removed the attachment from the end of the hose and stuck it in the cage And then the phone rang, and when she turned to pick up the phone, (laughs) Chippy got sucked in. So she was crazy about it. She dropped the phone, and she turned off the vacuum cleaner. She opened the bag. There was Chippy, still alive but stunned, as you can imagine. Since the bird was covered with dust and dirt, she grabbed him and raced to the bathroom and turned on the faucet and held Chippy under cold running water. Then realizing that Chippy was soaked and shivering, she did what any compassionate bird owner would do. She grabbed the blow dryer <laughs> and began to dry Chippy. Poor Chippy. Never knew what hit him. A few days after the trauma, there was a reporter who had initially written about it, contacted Chippy's owner and just to see how the bird was doing. And, and the woman said, well, she replied, Chippy doesn't sing much anymore. He just sits and stares. It's not hard to see why. Sucked in, washed up, and blown over. That's enough to steal anybody's joy, isn't it? And I know that's a funny story, but has anybody ever felt like Chippy? Sucked in, washed up, and blown over? Maybe you're experiencing that a little bit today. And though I feel like I'm in a place where I can preach this message, I don't feel like I'm completely back to my tank being full. Amen. So as I'm even ministering this to you, I am ministering to me today. I'm listening to the message for myself because there's so much truth in the word of God that even Pastor Ron needs to hear what he has to say today. So that is what we're going to talk about. And so my question is this, how is your heart song? How is the bounce in your step, or the twinkle in your eye? Is it fading? Is it shining brightly, or is it just completely absent? Are you full of joy that's unspeakable and full of glory? Are you experiencing the fullness of God and His pleasures the way you're supposed to be in your life? Those are only questions that you can answer. And only you can answer those truthfully because if you would have, as my congregation, would have asked me this week, how you doing, Pastor Ron, I'd have been saying, chippy. (laughs) And you would have fooled you, but I would have known exactly what I was talking about. So what I'm saying is even sometimes as the family of God, and I don't want to say I would purposely lie to anybody in this room, but sometimes the weight of being a man or woman of God You're supposed to have joy. You're supposed to have peace. And when there's an absence of that, you feel ridiculed. You feel less than. You feel like people will judge you. But I have become and determined in my heart to be the type of preacher that will always tell my congregation what's going on in my heart. Because what you need to know is I'm just like the rest of you. When I pinch myself, it hurts. When I take a hot shower, it burns. When I take a cold shower, I feel like I'm in Iceland with Pastor Stu. <laughs> right? So if you're not experiencing those things, if, if you have lost a little bit of your joy, if, if your tank isn't as full as it used to be, I'm going to tell you something. This message is for you. And even if you're floating on cloud nine, I will tell you this. I promise you that the word of God promises you that Satan will try to come and steal your joy. So this is a great Weapon for us. If this is one of those sermons I would say you might want to hold on to, and when you start feeling lack of joy, go into your dresser and yank this thing out and say, what did Pastor Ron tell me to do when I began to feel this way? Because listen, God wants you to sing again. And some of you, for the first time in a a long time, and for some of you, maybe the first time ever in your life. Some of you are going to identify with the song I'm about to play for you. Check this out. Okay, the young kids are looking at me, what the heck is that? <laughs> I don't know either, I just found it on YouTube, no kidding. We know that song, and many of you can't even sing that song. The only part of that song you're even able to muster up is the oh part. Because joy has eluded us. I'm telling you, here's what I want to tell you. I believe it is the number one thing Satan tries to attack in Christian's life. Steal their joy, he tells all his demons. Go steal their joy. Go steal the things that put the smile on their face because that is your greatest testimony. That is your greatest witness in the world is the smile that you have on your face, the joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. And if that's you and you can only muster up the oh part, it's time to get free in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? It's time to get your joy back. And Psalm chapter 16, verse 11 says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. See, joy cometh from the Lord, my King James friends. It doesn't come from stuff, it doesn't come from the world. I'll tell you what, there's some things in the world that put a smile on my face. I'm going to NASCAR in a couple of words. I'm going to like that. That's not where my joy comes from. Matter of fact, I got the call to go to NASCAR, and I was like, yay, that sounds fun, and I'm dealing with this depression going on in my heart. And I'm thinking, how am I going to enjoy this? Because that's not the joy I'm looking for. It's the joy of the Lord that when I have opportunities like these that amplify them. Amen? I might actually preach to this crowd. God's destiny for every one of us includes fullness of joy and pleasures Forevermore, as our verse tells us. I didn't put this verse in there, so apologize. But Psalm 146, verse 5 in the NLT says, Joyful are those who have the God of Israel as their helper, whose hope is in the Lord their God. See, when your hope is in the Lord your God, you'll find your joy. He is not withholding it from you. He is not hiding it behind his back saying, come and get it. He is holding it out in front of himself saying, Just take take as much of it as you need. And listen, most people don't put the two things I want to talk about together. But your happiness is directly related to your holiness. I believe that. We don't like to talk about holiness in the church. It's one of those topics that people misunderstand. and And I'll explain more in just a minute. But someone said this. It is certain that your happiness consists in perfect rejection of yourself. Did you hear what I said? The Lord says, He will fill you with His grace in the same degree as you empty yourself out of your will. When I wrote that, I had to check myself, I had to look at myself and say, I'm stubborn. If I don't have joy, it's because I am not emptying myself out and seeking God's will for my life. There is no greater place than the will of God. Let me just say that. There is no greater place than being in the perfect will of God, even if that's in Las Vegas, even if that's in Iceland. It doesn't matter where he sends you on this planet. That's where the joy of the Lord is. And God tells us in 1 Peter 1.16, be holy because I'm Holy. The Hebrew word holiness or holy is in the Bible over 650 times. The Hebrew word, excuse me, in the Bible, the word holy or, or holiness, I don't know if I said Hebrew just a second ago, but the Hebrew word for that is kodesh, Q-O-D-E-S-H. The Greek word is hagios, and they both mean the exact same thing. They mean to be set apart. Holiness means to be set apart from the things of the world, not so set apart that you can't enjoy the things that are still in the world. Come on, somebody. Now I'm not talking about your sin. I'm not giving you permission to go and sin. I know, right? Bummer. Man, I was getting ready to go to the bar. Pastor Ross said I could enjoy my the world. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you can. God set things in order in this planet for you to love, for you to enjoy. I think holiness has gotten a bad rap. Listen to these descriptions that there are many Christians who, 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 if you ask them to describe what holiness is, would use some of these words. Listen to these. See if they make sense to you. See if these are things that you think that holiness represents. Boring. Safe. Quiet. Unexcitable. Mourning. Tears. Mediocre. Conservative. Weak. Self-isolating, removed, out of touch, just to name a few. It's no wonder no one wants to chase after holiness. Those are not accurate descriptions of holiness. What's worse is out of a devotion to the Lord, people try to obtain or try to become those things because they're pursuing holiness. Holiness. If I'm reserved, if I'm holy, if I'm quiet, if I'm boring, if I just play it safe, there's something to be safe. And you said yes, and I would agree with that. But there's also something about being recklessly in love with Jesus, amen? There's also something about just giving it up, and I don't care. I would not be in Las Vegas if I played it safe. I'd be sitting at the rescue mission about year 10 right now, enjoying my pension growing, right, bringing home about six figures a year. Come on, somebody. Uh, That would be playing it safe. But no, no. I said, let's pick up my family. Let's pick up our stuff, and let's move to the hottest place on the planet that I know of. (laughs) That is not safe for a white boy like me. I melt in the summer. Thank God the church bought a house with a pool so I could swim in it. Wow. Listen, listen to what I'm about to say. There are two things that I'm going to say in this message that I really need you to get, and I will amplify them. This is one of them. Instead of having fearless, passionate, independent thinking, world-changing kings and priests, we have sad, boring, semi-depressed Christians sitting in the church wishing life would get better. That's sad. That is not the life God has for you. That is not what God, if that was the life God had for you, he loves you too much to leave you here. He would just take you home when you give your life to him. But he has pleasures forevermore. Joy, unspeakable. You can't even talk about it. It's just hey. (laughs) We should be a bunch of laughing hyenas running around the church, right? Let's get into this. I know I haven't even started preaching yet. We discover our joy. Listen, number one, when we throw off the old nature. I'm going to be in the book of Ephesians for the rest of this sermon. I'll jump around a little bit. But for the most part, I'll be in Ephesians 4, 17 through, I think, 32. But we're going to start in 17 right now. Listen. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as Gentiles do, In the futility of their minds, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them. Paul wrote this, not me. Don't be mad at Paul. Due to the hardness of heart. We're all those things because our heart gets hardened. Verse 19, they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him, and we're taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus. Verse 22 says, to put off, the New Living Translation says, to throw off your old self, which belongs to the former manner of life, and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Try this with me. I'm going to ask you to say a swear word right now. In In my house, this is a swear word. Shut up. This is what I say. Shut up, flesh. Shut up, flesh. Some of you just need to tell your flesh to shut up. Huh? You just, I'm sorry, kids. We don't say that word around my house. It's a bad word around my house. But right now, for the context of this sermon, we got to just learn to say, shut up, flesh. You guys agreeing with this, huh? You know not i <laughs> Crucify that thing, man. Put that thing up on the cross. The ungodly, they don't have a heart song. They're confused. The, 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 these verses tell us they're confused. They're dark minded. They have hard hearts. They, they live immoral lives and they, and they chase after every form of evil. But you threw off that old nature. When you put on Christ, that old nature was thrown away. And you don't understand. You've you got to stop picking it up. It, it's it's the same context of, of the story of Lazarus. In John chapter 11, God wants to throw off the, the smelly old grave clothes of our life. You know what the grave clothes are? The things that we were wrapped up with in the world. The things that we used to carry around. The things that used to haunt us. The addictions that we succumb to. The, the lifestyles that we used to live. The language that we used to use. Come on. The people we used to... Peopleize. Let's just put it that way, kids in the room. Peopleize. That's a new new word right there. Write that down because I'll forget it. It's a Ronism. The people we used to peopleize, and God says, "Throw, throw." Look it up. It's in the King James version. Listen, it's one thing for God to forgive us, cleanse us, and breathe new life into us. It's another thing altogether for us to remove the old grave clothes, to to walk away from that. See, some of us are still trying to pick up the bandages. It's the one thing about grave clothes. After you've been dead four days and you peel those things off, they don't just come off all nice and neat. They're shredded off. It's hard to put those things back off. But some of us, we're trying to, what is that? That looks like one of them right there. But we're trying to wear that thing. Just let me wear that for a little while, Lord. I hope... (laughs) I hope that's not like, okay, shoo, shoo, hallelujah, hallelujah. The old life leads to death and destruction. The new life in John 10, 10, listen, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came that they may have life and have it what? Abundance. Jesus came to give you abundant life. What does abundance include? Joy, peace, hope. Love, come on, there's a whole list of them in Galatians, right? Come on, come on, Just go ahead, prophesy. The fruit of the Spirit, that's right. New life, an abundant life. Here's my second point. You'll like this. Change your stinking thinking. You'll discover joy when you change your stinking thinking. Some of us need to capture our thoughts. Make him obedient to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We need to stop thinking. That. Man, this week, that was the hardest thing for me. Why? Stop thinking sad. Stop thinking depression. Stop thinking you don't have joys. Think about it. I couldn't do it. I'm trying to watch Tim Hawkins videos, get myself to laugh, and I'd laugh for a minute. That's not the kind of joy. It doesn't come from there. It comes from the throne of grace, family. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23 and 24 said, Be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self created in the likeness of God in true righteousness. And here's that word, in holiness. Holiness. It, it, it's, we make it like it's, it's this big old secret. We have to have a secret knock to get into the, the holy room. No, God tore the veil. He says, Come on into the holy of holies. You're welcome here. I want you to to be holy because I'm holy. I want you to have all the attributes that I have. I want you to live free in the things that I promised you. That's why I gave you my son. That's why he wants to give you abundant life so that you can be free. Have you ever heard this before? Sow a thought, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a character. Sow a character, reap a destiny. It's so true. Man, we need to start sowing in our thought life so that our habits become godly. It takes two weeks, 14 days, to make or break a habit. It really does. Try it sometime. You're not reading the Bible? Well, put it, you know, y'all got one of those fancy phones? Put a calendar on there. Make it a funny ring or something. Make it do the doom, despair, and glaggity on me. Whoa. And And then read the Bible for five minutes right there. Do that for 14 days and see if you have to still do the, right? Come on, somebody. We're having fun here. how how do you how do you renew your mind and change your stinking thinking you know paul talks about this in the book of romans and and i only put verse 2 up there for you but this morning or last night when i was going back through my notes i said you know i got to add verse 1 so i'll read verse 1 and then verse 2 should be on the screen it says i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god that you present your bodies a living sacrifice you guys are so good holy holy acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. He goes on to say, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of... You know what God's good, acceptable, perfect will for you is? That your mind be transformed. That, 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 That you will prove it. Because you have a transformation that you, that you no longer walk in dead grave clothes, but you've got a new creation. You are a new creation. You've got a new suit, amen. you got a new man suit. You don't do the people thing anymore, right? Peopleize. We're not peopleizing anymore, are we? We're walking in the things of God. We need to be renewed in our mind. Hold, listen, here's one of those things. I, I, it's not in your note, but, but if you don't write anything else down, maybe write this down. Holiness offers a separation from depression. Listen, if you are somebody who has been dealing with depression, struggling with depression in your life, holiness is your ticket out. It's a renewing of your mind. That's why he said in verse 1, Offer your body the living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. To them. And don't be conformed to it, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I've never been one until this week to really even think what depression was like. I, I've known people. My pastor uh, had struggled with a, de- a bout of depression. My my wife's mother had to, My wife struggled with depression before she met me. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. You know what I'm saying, right? No. <laughs> it had everything to do with the Lord, though. <laughs> she just said it had nothing to do with me. I'm breaking right now inside. I'm... Me too. Every time I look in the mirror, I'm like, <laughs> Me, I'm talking about me. Look at I got I was gonna be done on time. I'm finishing this right now. This this is this is kind of how we're getting to the third point, but I have to say this before we move. You become like someone when you hang out with them. You hang out in a barbershop long enough, you're gonna get a haircut, right? I am more we are more and more alike. We've been married 17 years and we have more like-isms now than we ever did before. She can finish a lot of my thoughts. Yeah, people-isms, like-isms, don't worry about it. <laughs> John 5, or 15, 5 says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in them, he it is that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do what? Nothing. Oh, I thought I said something. No, nothing. Apart from me, you can't do anything. So abide in me, become part of me, become one with me. You know what your new self looks like? It looks like Christ. The old man is dead. Behold, there is a new creation, and you are that creation. Abiding in Jesus means spending time with him in prayer and his word. We can't do it on our own strength. And without him, the the, the Bible says we can do what? Without him, we can't do nada. Zip, zilch, nothing. There's a lot of words. I'm going to move on. Discover joy. Here's the last point. Live a new life. When we live the new life God has given us, we discover that joy. Verse 24 in Ephesians 4 says, Put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in the true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. Why is it important to to guard against anger in our life? I'll tell you why. Because it gives the devil a foothold in your life. And then he comes in with what I call a one-two punch. Temptation and accusation. Temptation gets you to sin. Accusation condemns you for the sin that you've committed. That's Satan's plan. And then he steals your joy. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28 says, Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor. Listen, I'm going to take this a little bit out of context, but it's applicable right here. You need to stop handing your joy to the devil. Some of us are, oh, here you go. We need to stop just giving it over. We need to make him work for it. If he's going to come into my life, you know, I always tell those little people in my head, if you're going to be in there, I'm charging you rent. Nobody's living rent-free in my head. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about, huh? Those little voices. Just charge them rent if they're going to be there. Make them work for it. <laughs> Ephesians 4, 28. Let, no, let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupt talk. I won't camp, I won't camp out there. Just read the Word of God. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such is good for building up as fit for the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear and do not grieve the holy spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption this isn't in your handout as a bullet point but the uh, another reason that we live a life of holiness is so that we don't grieve the holy spirit and paul goes on to give us a list of the grievances that he's talking about in verse 31 he says let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice those are the things, those things in your life. You allow those things in your life. They grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And so when we allow these things, if, if we let bitterness and anger and wrath and malice come into our heart, I can tell you they're joy stealers. They suck your joy out of you. And he goes on to say in verse 32, But be kind to, to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. When life's hard, you can choose to be bitter or better. We can be a victim or a victor. Listen, when life throws rocks at you, build an altar. Build an altar. Pray there. Stop. Pray. Give God the glory. I'm closing with this. Psalm 32. I have one through five. I'm just going to read you the first two verses. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Hmm. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Jump down to verse 10. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord, and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy all you upright in heart. Sometimes we just need to have a good old shouting session. Amen? Sometimes we just need to shout it out loud. We just need to tell the devil to back up. Here's another bad word, punk. Shut up, flesh. Get out of my face. I'm taking my joy back. Psalm 1611, again, we opened with this. Make known to me the, the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. I, I want to do this. I want to I pray for anyone here whose joy tank, I'll say it this way, is not full. It doesn't have to be empty. It doesn't have to be. But if you're here today and your joy tank is not full, stand to your feet, please. That better be. (laughs) Not necessarily. Some people may be really just very joyful and their tank may be full. But it's pretty pretty weighty in that direction. It should be because the Lord gave me this message and he's not going to preach something that doesn't qualify in the service that we're in every head bowed and every eye closed, and you're here this morning, and a lot of what I'm talking about is just, well, it, it it's really not applicable to you yet, because Jesus isn't your Lord and Savior yet. The kind of joy I'm talking about, you know the joy of the world, the, the stuff that we've done in the past, and trying to have fun, and peopleisms and all that stuff and you're here today and you don't know Jesus you've never given your life to him and you say you know what pastor I, I want to I want to do that today I-, I want a fresh start and so if there's one or two or more here today that says you know I, I want to say yes to Jesus would you just show me your hands? just lift it up right where you're at thank you thank you thank you thank you It's awesome. I'm glad you're here. See, this is that that part where we throw off the old nature. And we take on the, the, the nature, the characteristic of Jesus Christ. So not only does it bring joy in our life, but it brings love, hope, peace. So if those are things that, you are lacking in your heart and you're going to say this prayer with me because you just raised your hand we're going to all say it together i want to tell you god's going to fill your life with these things and when he does you need to protect it you need to if if you don't have a home church welcome home if if Grapevine's too far for you and you you have another home church then go home go home serve there love jesus there but you need to have a church family you need to have an accountability group you need to have people that'll walk this out with you it's too important not to the only reason I'm still standing today is because I got involved in my church. And every time the doors were open, I showed up because I was too scared to be out there in the world on my own. So we're all going to pray this together for my friends that raised their hands. Say, Jesus, I need you. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your hope. Fill me with your peace. Fill me with your joy. I accept your free gift of salvation. I say yes to you today. Help me to live for you today and every day from now on. In your name I pray, amen. So you're standing, many of you stood, and you're Christians, and you're saying, my joy tank is not as full as it needs to be. And so, Lord, we just pray right now that you would fill us with your love, fill us with your joy. That we would pursue a life of holiness, not perfection, holiness. That we would find joy in the dark times that we will walk through, and that we will share joy with those that are around us. Fill our tanks today, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give Him.